we've, we've dealt with kingdom, kingdom teachings, and we want to go in depth once again uh, from the book of Genesis. Uh, there are a lot of things that, that um, we sometimes have missed because we really didn't go deep enough uh, into the word of God or to research out to see what God is saying. But our uh, beginning uh, verse will come from chapter number one, chapter number one. Father, we thank you. We ask now, to God, that you bless your word. We pray, Father God, that you would just bless the hearers present as well as the online community. And God, we just glorify your name. Have your way in this place. We pray that the teacher who is the Holy Spirit will rest upon me and begin to bring forth, God, that which you have given me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Genesis chapter number one. Genesis chapter number one. We're going to talk about the beginning. We're going to talk about the beginning. The beginning is that something that is beyond the physical, that which we can see. We're talking about the beginning. Now, I'm going to read a couple verses, and then we're going to dive into it. We're going to dissect the scriptures. Uh, Genesis chapter 1, beginning in verse, at verse number 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The word God there means Elohim. Now, Elohim is the creative mind that's in action. It's talking about God, his creative mind in action. All things was created or made from the thoughts of God. They were either made or created from the thoughts of God. Before we see whatever we see, the visible things, there are some invisible things that we cannot see with the natural eye, but everything that you do see, it came from the mind of God. It came from the creative mind in action, uh, Elohim, Elohim. That, that's where it came from. Now, the first thing it talks about how Elohim, our God, or that creative mind, it says that he created the heaven and the earth. Created. To create means to form from nothing. Before anything was created, Everything was in God. Before anything that was created, before everything was in the mind of God. You know, when people talk about they've created something, they haven't created anything. Because creation uh, is only for one person, and that is God himself. So when we talk about creating something, that means it came from nothing. It did not exist except in the mind of God. So he talks about creating the heaven and the earth. Creating the heaven and the earth. Now, let's look at Isaiah chapter number 45, verse number 18. Isaiah chapter number 45, verse number 18. Isaiah 45, verse number 18. Remember now, we're talking about the heaven and the earth. 
the heaven and the earth. It talks about in the beginning. In the beginning, he created the heaven and the earth. In the beginning. Now, go into the book of Isaiah, chapter number 45. Isaiah, chapter number 45. Remember, in the very beginning, before anything is formed, God creates the heaven and the earth. Everything at that point is perfect. Everything is perfect at that time. Everything is perfect. Now, he even made the earth. He says to create the heaven and the earth. Isaiah chapter number 45, beginning at verse number 18. It says, For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens. Here heavens has an S. Paul talks about going into the third heavens. When he began to talk about that thorn in the flesh, he was talking about that he went to the third heavens and he was able to see those things that, um, that was like, it could not alter, you could, you could not even alter the things that, he was, that was revealed to him because he had gone to a place, he had gone to a place that he had never, ever seen before. And that which he saw, the verbiage, the language that he saw, it was to a point he could not repeat it here on earth. He's talking about now, he says, God himself created, he created the heavens. Now it says, God himself that formed the earth and he made it he had established it he created it not in vain the bible says he formed it to be inhabited that word formed that means its purpose the purpose of the earth the purpose of the earth was to be inhabited from the very beginning it wasn't something that god thought about later on it, according to the scriptures, it says that he had established it. He, and then also it says he created it not in vain. He formed it, talking about the earth, to be inhabited. And then it says, I am the Lord and there is none else. Then verse 19 says, I have not spoken in secret in dark place of the earth. I said unto the seed of Jacob, Seek ye me in vain. I, the Lord, speak righteousness. I declare things that are right. So here we understand now that the earth was designed from the very beginning. The thought came from the mind of God, the creative mind of God, to, to make sure that it would be inhabited. Earth was to be a reflection of what's in heaven. Going back now, let's go back to... Let's go to Jeremiah chapter number four. Jeremiah chapter number four. All right? We're going to find that place in your scriptures. And, and then we're going to go back to Genesis chapter number one. We're going to go back to Genesis chapter number one. Because there are some things that happen. I want you to be able to find Jeremiah chapter four. Hold on to that. And we're going back to Genesis chapter number one. Remember now, it talks about in the beginning that was God created the heavens and the earth. Everything was perfect. Let's read verse number 2 in Genesis chapter 1. Genesis in chapter 1, verse 2 says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. 
Now, something's going on here. There's something happens between verse 1 and verse 2. Now, the Bible says this. Uh, when it talks about God, it says that there is no darkness in him at all. He's light. God is light. Is what the Word of God says. God is light. And he says there is no darkness in him. So verse number 2, and it talks about darkness was upon the face uh, of the deep. That meant something else took place here. Because in God, there is no darkness. He's light. He, he is light. And then see, the words here is very, uh, very important that we look at them. The first word we want to look at is formed. Here in verse number 2, the word form means disorder. Now, that which was created, the earth, now there's disorder. Well, why is there disorder? Remember now, verse 1, heaven and earth, is perfect. We get to verse number 2, and we get disorder. Now, we get to understand something takes place in order for disorder to come to the earth. And the next word we want to look at in verse number 2 is, it says that it was void. That means there was total chaos. There was total chaos. Now, the Bible also says that God is not the author of confusion. He's not the author of confusion. So that must mean that there was something else that had taken place here in verse number 2. It's not God because God is not an author of confusion and there is no darkness in the Lord. There's no darkness. He said it was void. And then it says there's darkness. Remember, uh, a God, there's no darkness in him. So it says darkness in verse number 2. It says darkness was born the face of the deep. Well, what is darkness? Darkness is the absence of knowledge. Darkness is ignorance. Amen? Darkness is ignorance. It's the absence of, of knowledge. There was no knowledge going on at this time. Okay? And, 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 that, and, and by it being chaotic, then the Bible lets us know that there had to be something else going on that brought about the confusion. Okay? Now, let's go to the book of uh, Jeremiah, chapter number 4. Let's see what's going on here. Jeremiah, chapter number 4, verse number 23. Jeremiah, 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 chapter 4. Jeremiah, chapter number 4. Let's see what happens here or what had happened in verse number 2 upon the earth. Remember, God made it perfect in the beginning. Something happens between verse 1 and verse 2. Verse 2 is total chaos, is darkness, is confusion. And that is not of God. Now, Jeremiah chapter number 4. Let's see what caused the chaos, what caused the confusion in verse number 2 in Genesis chapter number 1. Amen. Are we there? Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter number 4, beginning at verse number 23. Here's a mystery, a mystery to the revelations of the beginning of time, the beginning, of the very beginning. Here's, a, here's the mystery. Verse 23 in Jeremiah chapter 4. Verse 23 says, I beheld the earth. It's like a person is in amazement. I beheld the earth. 
And lo, it was without form and void, and the heavens, they had no light. Everything was dark. Everything was completely dark. But God is light, and there is no darkness in him. Now, verse 24 says, I beheld the mountains, and lo, they trembled, and all the hills moved lightly. Verse 25 says, I beheld, and lo, there was no man, and all the birds of the heavens were fled. Then it says in verse 26, I beheld, and lo, the fruitful place was a wilderness, and all the cities thereof was broken down at the presence of the Lord and by his fierce anger. Now, here it is now. The Bible says that there's, there's an amazement here. As they began to look around, that which was supposed to be inhabited was not inhabited. The Bible says there was no man, there was, there was no birds. And, you know, it reminded me of when we went down to, to uh, uh, Biloxi, Mississippi, when Katrina hit many years ago. And we went down, and it, what was so amazing about that, that visit after uh, the flooding and everything that had taken place was that there were no birds nowhere in the air. There was no birds. I mean, it, 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 it just really blew my mind because there was like no, nothing that was living. Even we, the humans that we saw, they were walking around just like zombies. I mean, it was like there was no life. So the, the, it was, the Bible is saying here there was no life. Even the birds that were supposed to be in the heavens, it says they had flew. It talks about a fruitful place that turned into the, to a wilderness. Talking about Eden here. It's talking about Eden. It had turned into a, a, a wilderness place. Now let's continue to, to, to understand what happened here in Genesis uh, chapter 1, verse number 2. It's void. It's dark and it's chaotic. But it was supposed to have been inhabited. Okay? And we'll get to that some other time because, you know, right now a lot of people, their mind will get blown when they find out there was somebody else there besides Adam and Eve. You know, there's some other folk down there because, you know, when he had that wife, he goes down, he marries somebody from the land of Nod. So that means that some people existed somewhere too. Amen. But we won't get into that. We won't get into that. Now, let's go to the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter number 28. Ezekiel chapter number 28. And we're going to see what or who brought this darkness. We're going to see who brought this darkness upon the earth. We're going to see. All right. Ezekiel chapter number 28. Are we there? We're talking about the beginning. See, a lot of times people, when they begin to teach from Genesis 1, they, they teach as if God, uh, uh, darkness, he brought darkness upon the earth during that time in, in verse number 2. That's not so. When, he, when Satan was kicked out of heaven, he, he was darkness, and we're going to get into that. He brings this darkness. He's, he's, a, he's a dislocated angel. He no longer has a, 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 a place or a home to reside or a country. Now, Genesis chapter number 28, looking at verse number 12. Stick close to the scripture. All right. Verse number 12 says, Son of man, 
take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the psalm full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. This particular scripture here, as we continue, it is literally describing Lucifer, who his name now, as we go proceed into the book of Revelations and other places, he is called Satan. But he was an archangel in heaven right there with Jesus, with God, uh, in the very beginning. But he got kicked out. But, but look how, how the Bible how the Bible describes him. The first thing he says that he's full of wisdom. He's full of wisdom. You see how Satan can con us? Because the Bible says he is full of wisdom. He is full of wisdom. And it also talks about his beauty. He's full of wisdom. Full of wisdom. You know how people can get puffed up. Yeah. And the Bible also says he was perfect in his beauty. Now think about now. We're talking about what we call Satan. Or we call, or, or at the time they called him Lucifer. And, and Isaiah chapter number 14. But the Bible describes him with, with, with an archangel that was filled with wisdom. I mean he had knowledge. He had understanding. He knew everything that was going on. God gave him that wisdom. And he was beautiful. That's how things happen, and, 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 and Eve got tricked in, in the garden. He was, he was filled with beauty. He was filled with beauty. Watch how the Bible describes him. Watch where it says in verse 13. It says, thou, let me back up. We got to understand. We got to think spiritual because when we, most people, when they read and they talk about the king of Tyrus, they think about a man. But the description that comes thereafter is not a man. It's not a man. It's not a man. Amen? It's Satan himself. Now, the Bible says, now in verse 13, he says, Thou has been in Eden, the garden of God. Now, listen. Adam wasn't the first person in Eden, the garden of God. Satan was there too. Satan was there as well. He was there. Satan was there. The Bible says here in, in Ezekiel 28, he says now in verse 13, he tells him, he said, Thou has been, has been, in Eden, mean past tense, in the garden of God. Watch, watch his, uh, his attire. Watch what God, the, the beauty, the, 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 the splendor that the Lord had put upon him. Now, the first thing he says, he says that uh, every precious stone was thy covering. That's why he was so beautiful. He had these precious stones that was his covering. The Bible says the sardis, the topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the ox, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and, and the gold. All that. He, he, was, he was surrounded in beauty. That, that was his covering. Can you imagine in our, mind, our minds that we being covered in diamonds, and I'm talking about real diamonds now, <laughs> the one that can sparkle. I mean, I mean, every jewel that, 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 that God had brought forth from the earth, that's how Lucifer, I mean, that was his attire. That was his dress. He was gorgeous. I can imagine how he walked among the other angels huh? and how he displayed his beauty because there was nobody else like him. 
He literally displayed his beauty, and he was awesome. That's why God talks about his beauty, talks about his brightness. So it was, he was perfect. Every stone that he had, his, it, it was perfect. He, was, he, he, was, he, he brought light. I mean, brightness. He brought brightness to everything that he came in contact with. And then the next thing the Bible says is this. He says that the workmanship, we're still in verse 13, the workmanship of thy tablet and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thy was created. Hmm. That's interesting. He had pipes. Why, why would he need pipes? Why would Lucifer, why would Satan need pipes? Well, why is that? He was created for worship. He was, he was, the, he was the one that was over the worship. When, when, when Lucifer showed up, worship showed up. Because he had all the musical instruments on the inside of him. He was created for this position. The Bible says here that the pipes, the pipes, the timbre, all these things were prepared in him in the day that he was created. The very day that he was created, God put all of this in him. That's why the, uh, uh, the enemy, Satan, loves to get in the praise team or in worship. That's why he wants to do that because he knows he has lost his position because he was designed to do that. He was designed to do worship. That was his role. That was his job. It was to do worship, to bring forth worship. And then the next thing the Bible says is this. It says that in verse 14, he says, Thou art the anointed church that covereth, and I have set thee so thou, thou was upon the holy mountain of God that has walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. So now, not only was he a, 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 an angel that, that brought forth the worship, because he wasn't one of those angels that was standing by, back saying, holy, 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 holy. He was the man. <laughs> Can I put it that way? He was the man. I don't mean the physical sense. He was the man. He was the one. He was the one everybody was looking at. Now, remember now, he's, he's beautiful. I mean, I can't even begin to imagine the, the stones, that, the, how they sparkle. And when he walked through, everybody took notice. The angels took notice of him because the Bible said he was perfect in, in, in beauty. In other words, he didn't have any flaws at that time. And then the Bible said he was, an, he was anointed. He was at that time, he is, the Bible said he was an anointed cherubim. He was an anointed angel. His job was to cover. What does cover mean? He was there to protect. That was his job. It was to protect. That's what the, the covering is. It was protection. It was protection. But watch what happens in verse number 15. 15. Watch what happens in verse number 15. Now, remember we talked about verse number 2, how all of a sudden darkness is, oh, is on the face of, of, of the deep. Uh, and, and that's chaos and confusion. The earth without form and the earth without, without void. I mean, it was just darkness. It was just ignorance. Watch verse 15 in Ezekiel 28. Verse 15 says, 
he's still talking about Lucifer now. He says, thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created. So there was no flaws in him. When God created, God created Satan. God created Lucifer. He created him. He, he, he came from the thoughts of his mind, but he was perfect at the time that God created him. But what happened? What happened? He says, till, to my verse 15, till iniquity was found in thee. He had no flaws until iniquity was found in him. I got to think about that word iniquity. A lot of times we want to equate iniquity to sin, and it is, it is a form of sin. But this is what the Holy Spirit dropped in my spirit. This is what the Holy Spirit dropped in my spirit. He says that word iniquity there means is the highest form of treason. He was found with the highest form of treason. Well, what is treason? Treason is like betrayal of one, one's country or it's a, an extreme act against the sovereign one. Iniquity was found in him. He had committed treason to bring it down to our understanding so we can see. He had committed treason. I mean, no longer did he have respect for God. No longer did he have respect for the domain of God. He had created the highest form of sin, the highest form of treason. God said treason, it's just like now in the natural in our country, if someone commits treason, I mean, they're put to death. I mean, so he says he had committed treason. I mean, he had went up against the one that created him. He went up against him. And then it says, I'm like, God says, he said, Brenda, he said, in Psalm 66, he says this in verse, uh, uh, verse 18. He says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, God will not hear. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Bible says God will not hear. If, if we regard iniquity, that, that highest form of treason, the highest form of treason within our hearts against God, God said he won't even hear your prayers. He said, I won't hear you. So whenever we, we go in extreme acts against God, we can pray all we want to. God won't hear us. Because the Bible says if it's found, iniquity is found in our hearts, he said he will not hear. I mean, and that is heavy. That, that's very heavy. Now, he talks about he has this, this, this spirit in him. He had iniquity was found in him. It's almost like, you know, others could not see it, but God saw it. See, God knows what's in our hearts. And so by, by him knowing what's in our hearts, no matter what anyone else sees or says about any, any individual, only God knows the heart. The Bible says the heart is wicked, and, and, and it talks about the heart being deceitful. It says, well, who can know it? Who can know the heart? But God can know the heart. 
So Lucifer now, because he had gotten lifted up in pride, that was his problem. Because of his beauty, because of his splendor, because of his position, he had gotten lifted up in pride, and he began to exalt himself above God. He began to do that. Now, this is how he ends up with Genesis chapter 1, verse number 2. Now, let's continue. Verse 16 in Ezekiel chapter number 28. All right. Now, verse number 16 says, By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast, thou hast sinned, therefore I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy thee, O covering shirt, from the midst of the stones of fire. Hmm. Now, he says there that that violence, he had violated, he had violated his position. He had violated his position. You never take the gifts of God and think that they are your gifts. That those are gifts that God has placed within us. But he had violated his position. He violated his position. So now when we violate our position, this is what God does. Same thing he did to Lucifer. The Bible says, therefore, God is speaking. He said, therefore, I will cast thee as profane out. In other words, he says, you're unfit. You're impure. You're defiled. I can't use you because you've got exalted. And, you know, whenever God blesses us sometimes, you know, we can't get exalted in our minds and think we're better than everybody else. That, that, that can happen. You know, whenever God gifts us to such a degree that, that, that we can forget. It, let, me tell you, let me share something, and I'm going to go back to this. When I talk about exaltation, especially when God has gifted you, and if you're not careful, you, you'll find yourself, God saying, listen, you're impure. I can't use you anymore because you've forgotten where you came from. I had a young man to say to me the other day, and we was in conversation. And he said to me, he said, you know, the Bible does talk about uh, whatever you ask in Jesus' name that he will do. And the Bible does say that. Then he says, he said, but Jesus, God, he's on the inside of us. And then he said something that blew me away. He said, well, why can't we go to God in our name? I said, excuse me. Nowhere in the Bible does it tell us to go in our name because we haven't died for anybody. We hadn't shed no blood for anybody. And this is a preacher. I'm like, I don't get it. And, and, and they wondered, and he wondered why people looked at him strange when he said that. That why can't we go to God and ask God for things in our own name? Not Jesus' name, but our name. And I said, that is strictly abomination and blasphemy. <laughs> it is in Jesus' name is what the Bible says. And he was, the sad part was he had been teaching people that you can go. Why not? 
He said, I want them to stretch their mind, expand their mind. I said, baby, you're about to find yourself in the wrong place. You're about to find yourself uh, dislocated, put out of wherever God puts you in, because that is nowhere near true and nowhere near right. And if you keep teaching that blasphemy, God is going to see you. It blew me away. I mean, it, it, it literally blew me away. He blew, blew me away. Now, watch verse number 17 in Ezekiel chapter number 28. Now, because this is giving us the understanding what happened in verse number 2 in Genesis chapter 1. Because that gives us understanding. It's because of Satan. Satan was cast out. And when he was cast out, if you remember in the book of Revelation, it said, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. It talks about how Satan had come to the earth. And they were saying, woe to the people of the earth. See, darkness came to the earth when Satan got kicked out because, see, no longer did he have a home. So he come, he's, he's come here. He come to the earth. Earth, is, is, he brought his darkness is what caused all the chaos and confusion. Think about darkness in our life. Is that not confusion? Is that not ignorance? Aren't we not blind when we operate in the spirit of darkness? And that's what's happening. But watch verse number 17 in Ezekiel chapter number, uh, Ezekiel 28, verse 17. Now, God identifies what's happening here. He says, talking about Lucifer, he says, Thine heart was lifted up because of thy what? Thy beauty. His heart was lifted up because of his beauty. There was nobody like him. In heaven. I mean, God, God, when God made him, he made him to be, to, to be a be brightness, to be a light, to, to attract attention. Because, see, one thing I know about God, whenever God really gifts you and you're operating under the spirit of the Holy Spirit, you're operating under the power of the Holy Spirit, that what you do, the anointing that's on it, it will, it will uh, bring about changes in other people's lives. I mean, when they looked at Satan, remember how his attire, I mean, sapphires and diamonds and emeralds, he was gorgeous. And plus, he knew how to make the music. He knew how to make the music. You know, most people, they enjoy music because they can get off their emotions. But he knew how to do that. It was, the Bible says it was created in him. He had those pipes. You know, it's like talking about an organ. I heard a teaching about an organ and says right up under the organ there's a, it's a fan and blows that wind and it makes that sound. Satan had a sound that nobody else had. He had a sound. He knew how to bring worship to God. He knew how to do that. He knew that. But God says in his word, he said, your heart was lifted up because of your beauty, because of his brightness. I mean, he got lifted up. He began to equate himself with God. Oh, we don't want to do that. Because we can find ourselves without a country. (laughs) We can find ourselves without a country. Then the Bible continues to say, Thou hast, watch it say in verse 17, Thou hast corrupted thy, thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. He had corrupted his wisdom. His wisdom didn't leave him. His wisdom was just corrupt. How do you think he knows how to deceive us? He got wisdom. 
Satan's got wisdom. He knows how to do. He knows what our flesh loves. He's got wisdom. They say his wisdom was corrupted. His wisdom was corrupted. I'm like, wow, God. His wisdom wasn't taken from him. It was just corrupt. That's why the Bible talks about uh, the gift without repentance. So you got that gifting, but God don't take it. That comes a time when it becomes corrupt. And when it becomes corrupt, then God can't use you anymore. He says he became corrupt by reason of thy brightness. Watch what the latter part, 17 says. He says, I will lay thee. Before that, he says, I will cast thee to the ground. Meaning he's going to cast him to the earth. He's going to cast him to the earth. Once he cast him to the earth, watch what it says. I will lay thee before kings that they may behold thee. Well, what does that mean? He's going to cast him before kings, lay him before kings. Do we not know the book of Revelation said we are kings and priests? We are kings and priests. We're the kings that Satan has been cast before, laying before. We're watching him. We're observing him. And then the Bible says in verse 18, Thou hast defiled my sanctuary by the multitude of thine iniquities. That means it continued to increase. By the iniquity of thy traffic, therefore I will bring forth a fire from the midst of thee. It shall devour thee, and I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all of them that behold thee. So here it is now. God says now, the people that will observe you, now they're going to see, those kings, they're going to see what I'm going to do to you. Because in the last days, when, when, when Christ comes back, and the Bible says he's going to open his mouth, and he'll bring his mouth, his, his, there will be fire coming from, from God's mouth, and it will devour Satan. Now, we've got to understand, God let him know this is final punishment. And he continues to let him know, this is why this is happening. You know, you have, you have gotten to the point wherein, wherein that you have uh, caused yourself to be exalted before the Most High God. Before the Most High God. He said, iniquity, iniquity. You have created the highest treason. Yeah, you've gone to the extreme. <laughs> sometimes people can go to the extreme. You know how it is sometimes, yeah, like a pendulum, you're swinging from one extreme to the other. Well, he had gone to the extreme where he was perfect in his beauty. You know, now he's corrupt in his beauty. He's corrupt. Now, let's look at the last thing that we want to, we want to deal with, this, this last thing we want to deal with. Uh, coming from Genesis, okay? Now, Somehow we seem to think that Jesus Christ just showed up in the New Testament. This, this is what we think, that he only came on the scene just in the beginning of the New Testament. Okay? Now, let's go to the book of St. John, New Testament. The book of St. John. Remember the title of our message is The Beginning. That's something that happened between verse 1 and verse 2. Satan arrives on the scene. In verse number two, bring all the darkness, all the chaos, all the ignorance. But in the beginning, the book of St. John, chapter one, talks about the beginning as well. So Jesus Christ just did not just show up 
in New Testament. Okay? Now, St. John chapter number 1, beginning at verse number 1. Are we there? Verse number 1. Watch, watch the word. It says, in the what? The beginning. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. Now, that word, 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 there means logos. It means an expression of thought. Expression of thought. Jesus was right there with God in the very beginning. Here he's called the word. It's an expression of thought. And a thought is a silent word. A thought is a silent word. And a thought is a silent word. Now, then the verse number 2 in St. John chapter 1 says, The saying was in the beginning with God. He's talking about the word. The word, if you know, it, it, it has a capital W. It's talking about Jesus Christ, but yet he was there with God in the very beginning because then there comes the thoughts. When God released the thoughts within himself, everything began to be created. Everything began to be formed. Then it says the same was in the beginning with God, meaning the word, the word, Jesus Christ, the word. Now, we drop it on down, looking at verse number 14 and St. John chapter number 1. 14 says, and the word was what? Made flesh. The word meaning Jesus Christ was made flesh. He had to be made flesh. It was imperative. It was important. I hadn't planned on going here, but I guess I will to give give you a fuller understanding. Now, you remember in Genesis, when Jesus, when, when, when God... Gave man dominionship, right? He, all, he also, not only was there heaven, but then he gave, gave him dominionship over the earth. Spirits, I shared this before, spirits, spirits has to have a body to live in. Spirits. Satan is a spirit. God is a spirit. So in order for God to be able to operate and do things here on earth, then he needed a body because he can't violate his own word. So he needed a body. He needed humans. He made humans. You know, it was, wasn't just to, to have land or land mass. He had a purpose for man having dominionship. God wanted to make sure he, he operated. He said, let his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. A spirit has to have a body to live in. God is a spirit. Satan is a spirit. Satan needed a body. Now, you wonder in, in Genesis in the garden, that's that serpent. Well, that's another story too because it's beyond just a snake. <laughs> it's beyond that. It's beyond that, and I don't want to go to that point because then I really will mess up some minds. Amen. So, but, but the thing is now is it, he had to have a body. So what he does was in order, he could not come here without being in a body because he had given the earth. You remember Psalms 115? He had given the earth to man. He had given the earth to man. 
Man was given the authority to rule over the earth. So he, here comes God now. He says, I've got to have me a body because what happened, I've got to change what took place in the Garden of Eden. When, when Adam fell, he, when he fell, he said, I, I've got to change this thing because then it become a fallen, a fallen man, man had become fallen. So what happens in verse 14, it says, And the Word, which was Christ, was there with God in the very beginning. Now, verse 14 says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. What does that mean? That means Jesus Christ came through Mary, and once he did that, I mean, he comes out with a body. The body, Christ becomes flesh. He had to become flesh in order to get man back to his state where he was in the beginning in in Eden, in the garden. But let me throw this at you. You know what the Bible talks about how when Jesus was crucified, how the the heavens was rent, there was a split. If you think about it, that first penetration there is he talked about the veil being split the veil was split what happened is when it comes down to a man and a woman and when that first penetration especially if she's a virgin what happens is that they had to penetrate and once it penetrates that veil and it comes open blood comes forth what happened when Jesus died and and, and it talks about uh, when he was crucified and he was dying he shed his blood the veil was rent. The veil was split. So, therefore, a lot of things that we read in the New Testament, it goes a lot deeper than what we realize or 